0: Nights, live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios at the Avenue. Here's your host, Brian Noonan. Welcome, welcome. Glad you're with me. Big night on WTMJ Nights. Always more fun when you're involved. You know that. Come on, 855-616-1620. It is the WTMJ Talk and Text Line. Get involved in the program. That's how uh, we have to do it. Big Tuesday night, Tommy. Um... Uh, by the way, if you call in, you'll be talking to Tommy. If you're nice to him, you get to me. That's what we do. Uh, I would imagine in a few hours, one of us is going to be a billionaire. This is very exciting news.
1: Um, I hope it's me, but I won't be mad if it's you. How about we make a pact? If either of us get it, then both of us can be. All right. I Listen,
0: I'm up for giving you a, you know, I'm up for throwing you a little something because... To be honest, I'm not taking the uh, I'm not taking the whole 1.1 billion over 29 years. I don't have that much time left. No, why wouldn't you take uh, the I, lump sum? I'm taking the five sixty eight point seven million, and who knows what I'm going to do with it? But I'm going to do something with it.
1: I saw something I just, about uh, assembling a dream team of who you're supposed to call if you win the big bucks uh, and during yeah. the lottery time, and one of them was a. Um, investment advisor. And I thought to myself, once you win like that much money, is that really that important? I hadn't heard investment advisor. I had heard financial advisor, you know,
0: or a money manager, a tax accountant right away, a liquor distributor. Uh, I had heard that. Well, maybe I made that one up. Real <laughs> estate broker, of course. Yeah. A divorce attorney for oh, many of geez. us. Let's be honest. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding about that. But I will I did have to threaten my uh, my lovely wife today because I doubled my I doubled my investment today. I'm I'm in gambling fever. I've got I've got the sweats, the ga- I, you know, I'm like a degenerate all of a sudden cuz I went from my normal $10 when the Mega Millions get this big. Today I dropped 20. And I said that to my wife and she gave me a dirty look. I said, "Okay, are you disavowing any connection then to this $20 that I spent?" Well, no, I said because if if you don't think it's a good idea, I'll just you know I don't want you to feel burdened by it. So when
1: I win, I'll just you know cut you out. Oof. I don't know if I would have spent twenty dollars to be honest either.
0: I, you know what, I here's here's the thing, Tommy. Uh, I have very few vices anymore, very very few, and the the gambling on the lottery is a very minor vice that comes around now this year this year it's coming around three times when we get to the uh you know there was another billion dollar one was that a few months ago mm-hmm. that was another 20. you know but it so i think overall i'm still probably at or just over a hundred bucks in the year so as far as vices go that's a pretty low tab sure, sure. you know I could blow. I listen. I could go out. Uh, I could probably go out and within twenty miles of my not even probably five miles of my house. I could drop a hundred bucks in fifteen minutes, if that long, you know. Because when I need a, vi- I know where to look for vices. I just choose not to. But uh, yeah, the t- if I could understand, if I had come home and I had dropped a hundred or a couple hundred, You're going, honey, this is our big investment. This is it. This is the chance. Sure, the odds are three hundred two point uh, six million to one but that's that doesn't matter i i maxed out the credit card and bought lotto tickets you then never I hear, see her giving me the
1: stink eye you, you never hear how much they spent on those lotto tickets to win that much so no. you never know how much they how many tickets and how many numbers they actually bought that's what i love about gamblers because you're absolutely right the, you never you only hear i won
0: you know whatever how much did you spend to, how much did you lose before you won that oh no that's not how you count it. You only count what you want. I'm like, that, that's not really how it works. And my we we almost never gamble. But the times we've been in Vegas, my wife loves to play the slots. And she'll sit there and play the slot machines. And I'm like, how much did you, how much did you, like, let's say she takes 200 bucks. And she comes back to the room with like 40 bucks. She goes. I won this forty bucks. I go, no, because you started with two hundred and now you got forty. Well, so she does weird, complicated gambler math, which I don't have the brain power for. If I start with two hundred and I come back with more than two hundred, I won.
1: If not, I lost something. Isn't that just math?
0: Well, it's new math. I don't know if you're you're a young guy. They probably taught you new math in school. (laughs) New
1: math. No, I I haven't learned that kind of
0: new math. It's that estimated math that's the, that they teach the kids everybody's got to learn to estimate
1: the line the line like, crossings right
0: yeah you can't you can't estimate 2 plus 2 it's always going to be 4 well not really okay okay i don't know but um, we'll see i did i'm taking this as a harbinger of good luck i pulled down 2 bucks the other day cuz okay. i was checking an old ticket so so i forgot to subtract that from my uh, from my losses for sure. You know, maybe I don't know, I'm down to ninety eight bucks. Free number. So we'll see. What would you do? What's first thing you would do? I mean, let let's let's be irrational. Now, from the two six two, trying to throw a wet blanket on our dreams, uh cut that five hundred million and uh half after taxes, all right. Say we round it up to five seventy. Uh two hundred and eighty five million. Oh no. Oh, I can deal with that. Yeah,
1: I think I'd be okay.
0: Yeah. I'm not going to be mad if they go, well, you know. And plus, my first call is to a tax attorney. Maybe I only have to pay a third, you know. I'm not, I'm not just filing a 1040EZ if I get my $568 million win. I'm calling somebody who's going to. My tax return at that point is going to look like an old school phone book. It's going to be thick. And I don't know if you know that I have a lot of deductions. Oh, so many, mo, so many deductions. So (laughs) it's going to look, even though I, even though I won five hundred and seventy million dollars, it's going to look like I took a loss this year. (laughs) All legal, I'm sure. Jeez, (laughs) I think I think former presidents may have done it. I don't know. Who am I to say what the tax loopholes are? Probably very small for a guy like me. But yeah. uh, we under, listen, 262, we understand the tax ramifications. And I'm all, listen, I'm all for paying my fair share. I will
1: happily pay the taxes if I win the lottery.
0: Yes. That's, you're, you're never going to hear me complain if I get that giant check for almost $300 million. All you'll hear is my tires screeching as I peel away into the unknown. And then, then Tommy, you'll get one day. You'll come in, and there'll be an envelope in your mailbox at work. And you go, "What's this?" Oh, ho, 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 hey, Brian made good. I'm da- I'm down with that. You know, I'm a guy who keeps my uh, keeps my. Pro- now, if I only win hundred bucks, sorry, I got to win the big, the big deal. Totally for you fair. To, you totally know, fair
1: for you to collect. I wouldn't share with you either. You know, if
0: I win another two bucks, I'm not going to send you a dollar. Not quite the but return what on see, investment. No, that would be. It cost me what forty cents to send it. Now you're down. Now I'm down. You're down. It's just not going to work out. And you paid twenty bucks Boys for it. I did, that would, oh, that would kill me. It, that would eat me alive. That kind of mathematics. I know those kind of mathematics. Big loser mathematics. Uh, I don't. I've thought thought about this so many times, and really, it would just be the first thing after. You know, logically, of course, you get all your finances in order. Then I move to somewhere warm and tropical and figure out the next step. You know, keep a place here to be close to family, you know, a nice condo or something. Nothing big. I jet in. Private jet? Sure, I got a private jet at that point. Why not? Because I'm using my money to make money. I don't know if you ever saw Billions. But that, I'm going to be a Bobby Axelrod type.
1: Yeah, I would buy a parking structure on. in Los Angeles. That's my first. That's my first one. Keep Ooh. getting money coming in right there. Wow,
0: that is a unique but very sound investment.
1: I well, and maybe then, not now. Because, somewhere else, uh, without, the rains
0: are washing everything away yeah, out there.
1: Somewhere but. without earthquakes too, as well. So maybe on the East Coast. I feel so bad.
0: Um, just before the show, I had. Um, ABC World News on, and they were showing all this flooding out there. If you haven't seen the coverage, the east or the west coast rather is under these bomb hurricanes and these bomb cyclones rather, and the the rains and the floods. And I hear them talking about flooding on the one eighteen, closing the roads and all these muds. And I look, and that's where I used to live. So I pull it up, you know, I Google it. The whole place where I used to live is still under the flood warning. All the people out there, it just. It's horrible because if you've never seen a mudslide, if you've never seen those kind of floods, I mean, we have we have horrible conditions here. You know, when it's when it's below zero for days and days, and if you look at Buffalo from two weeks ago, how horrible that is. So every every area has those kind of uh, horrible weather situations. But you combine not only all the flooding, but Tommy, you brought up earthquakes, wildfires. Uh, That was the reason we left california because nature was just uh nature was giving us a signal that it was time to go so i feel i'm my i'm thinking of all uh, all the people i still know out in the los angeles area and hoping uh, you know hoping everybody on the west coast can make it but yeah maybe you go maybe go somewhere well i you know what midwest just not in tornado alley you're going to be fine with those parking structures
1: yeah chicago
0: Oh, Chicago, you're going to yeah, you're going to you're going to make a mint. Well, if you can if you can get around all the graft and corruption. If you got enough payoff money, you're going to be fine.
1: Oh, I got plenty of it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> if I win the lottery. Yeah. There you go. If you win the lottery, that's terrific. Uh
0: Oh, well. For another 262, a minor bright spot. The Packers won't be playing the 49ers in Santa Clara this Saturday in a likely torrential downpour all through the game. Well, look at that. Somebody making lemonade out of lemons. That is that is a very true statement. They will not be subjecting themselves to any of these bomb cyclones. All right, there's a lot going on. Uh Wyatt had a story that Tommy, I, I think you broke. We will have to get to that right after we do this on WTMJ Nights. More WTMJ nights coming up. Here, comes the money. Here
2: we go. Money talk. Oh. Here comes the money. Money 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 money, <laughs> money, money. money, money,
0: money, money. Oh yes. So much money. Keep your mind on your money and your money on your mind. Get those uh get those tickets quickly. Uh, that would be that would be fantastic. That uh, Mega Millions. All right, Tommy is a wonderful producer. You you've known Tommy. He's been on the show for a long time. He's producing, but now tonight he's also breaking news. He's uh, delivering stories to Wyatt, who is reporting them in the news. Uh, I, quite frankly, I could not believe this the other day. Not I didn't know this part of the story, which only happened today. Tommy, uh, what's the breaking news in the world of professional wrestling?
1: Yeah, uh, Stephanie McMahon stepping down as co-CEO of WWE today, just, just recently, like within the hour.
0: Yeah, that, this is truly breaking news. And I know some of you are saying uh, it's professional wrestling. Why is it news? Well, it's a you know, multi-multi-million dollar company. Billion. It's a huge thing. Billion, multi-billion. But now, Vince... Uh, Correct me if I'm wrong. Didn't Vince step down because of allegations of improprieties with money and some other things?
1: Uh, yeah, it was even sleazier than that. I think too. On top of it, not yeah. not the greatest uh, end of terms. But I guess he's back now too. He's back. Uh, you know, he's like Slim Shady. He's
0: back. Do you think he forced his daughter out? Because the little I know of Vince McMahon. And a lot of it is you know, from uh, different news reports and things. He seems like a guy who would force his daughter out to go, listen, you came in, you're co-CEO and chairwoman, I'm back, ski-daddle. Because in Stephanie McMahon's letter today, she was like, about eight months ago, I took a leave of absence and within a few weeks, unexpectedly, had the opportunity of a lifetime. I had the privilege to return as the co-CEO and chairwoman of the board of WWE, but our founder, Vince McMahon, has returned as executive chair and is leading an exciting process regarding strategic alternatives. What could that possibly mean? Yeah. She said she's confident WWE is in perfect shape to continue and uh will will be driving maximum value for shareholders.
1: Well, I I um honestly I think it could have been mutual at the end of the day too. Like Stephanie seems like that kind of business person as well to maybe step away from something if she didn't like it. I don't really get into professional wrestling as much as I used to when I was yeah. much younger, but I have a lot of friends, my brother, colleagues, all super into it, so I usually tune in for the big stuff every year, like I'll watch WrestleMania and maybe a couple other cool pay-per-views along the way. But, I mean, ultimately, it's his company, right? It's kind of his call on most of it. Even if he steps away, I don't know if he really sold it to anyone. I I assume that's his plan now, and he's coming in when he can cash out. Yeah,
0: yeah. supposedly there was a... uh an apparent smear campaign against her. That's why she stepped down in the spring. But then uh, Vince left and she came back. But now, it, according to Forbes, he is forcing his way back into the promotion. Of course he is. Vince is not. Vince is not going to just uh, ask nicely. I used to follow wrestling all like most guys. There was a period where I was watching wrestling all the time. And quite frankly, I'm like you, Tommy. I have a few friends who are still into it. So every once in a while, I'll get some wrestling dish from them. But they seem to have, a lot of them have gone away from the WWE to um, some other organizations yeah. to follow. And, um, and I, I don't know, I heard, I've heard, like the other day when the story broke that Vince was coming back, a lot of WWE fans not happy because they like the way that the, uh, the company has been going. They like the shows, they like all of that.
1: But now Vince is coming back. I, I understand their frustrations with it, uh, and this last year, honestly, WWE really stepped up their game because the other promotions that you're talking about, such as like AEW, Impact Wrestling, yeah. they really brought their game the year before, so WWE felt threatened by that, I think, and I think that was also another reason why Vince McMahon tried his best to get in there as soon as possible, too, after he left. Yeah. That could be. Well, it's very exciting if you're a wrestling fan.
0: If you're not a wrestling fan, you're probably can. are we going to talk about other stuff? Probably not. We're going to spend the next hour and a half talking about wrestling. That is absolutely not true. I'll tell you what we will be talking about when we come back after this on WTMJ. Brian Noonan holding down the fort on WTMJ nights for a little while and happy to be here. We've got a lot coming up. Uh, I want to after the break there's been some mel gibson news and i know that those words those three words together are something you didn't think you'd hear about because it's not 1985 anymore but there is some mel gibson news which leads me to a question about being able to live down past and perhaps even current transgressions because um you may not have heard this story, but we'll get into that. We're also going to uh, talk about an NBA veteran who had a very, very exciting night, which will lead to some conversations. And after 7.30, we're gonna talk to a good friend of mine, Cody Goff. He was at Consumer Electronics Show in Vegas last week. He's gonna talk about some of the interesting things he saw. He moderated some panels on artificial intelligence and different things like that. So we'll talk all about new technology after 7.30, because we're only here till eight. That is Bucks Weekly with Justin Garcia. But right now, it's time to go to the WTMJ 24-hour newsroom well, I don't know if Tommy had any input on this newscast uh, like he did last newscast, but listen closely either way to what Wyatt Barmore-Pooley has to say. Hey, it's Brian Noonan with you on WTMJ Nights. I don't know if you were aware, but on the, uh, on the 6th, Mardi Gras season, carnival season began. The 12th night is the traditional... King's Day, the the epiphany, little Christmas, whatever you want to call it. It is also the beginning of carnival season, of which I am quite the practitioner. Uh, my uh, family and I are part of a Mardi Gras crew. We go every year. It's, it's very exciting for us. The reason I bring that up is because Mardi Gras made national news much earlier than normal this year because on Sunday – it was announced, Saturday rather, it was announced that uh, Mel Gibson was going to be co-grad co marshal of one of the biggest parades in Mardi Gras. Uh, it is the crew of Endymion. They're called a super crew. They um, have a huge membership, a membership in the crew of Endymion. One, you have to wait forever. You're on a waiting list to try to get in. It's about three grand a year to get onto the crew. Uh, they have 80 floats. One of them is 300 feet long. This is a big, big crew and a big deal. And a crew is a nonprofit uh, social organization. So they organize all the parades over the thing. Well, if you don't remember, you may think of Mel Gibson from, like, Lethal Weapon or Mad Max or uh, The Passion of the Christ, any any of his movies, uh, Braveheart, which is a wonderful film. You may also remember that Mel Gibson uh, went on a couple really, really wild anti-Semitic rants. He also went on a horribly racist, misogynistic, and violent rant against his uh, ex-girlfriend or ex-wife. All of those were caught on tape. We didn't, we, we didn't have time to edit them because to edit them, you wouldn't have really had anything left. Uh, you're welcome to Google them if you don't remember, but save yourself the pain and just realize that uh, there was no doubt that Mel Gibson was, uh, and perhaps still is, anti-Semitic, misogynistic, and uh, throw in a hint of racism. Just because why not round it out? Uh, You need all three ingredients to make a really deplorable human being. Now, I can still watch Lethal Weapon because I think the original Lethal Weapon was... A fantastic movie. Uh, I mentioned I still love Braveheart uh, when I see it because uh, they can take my land, but they'll never take my freedom. You know that's my motto, Tommy. I live by that. It's on my license plate and business
1: card. There you go. It's a big, big license plate. Huge. Hey, not to sly Mardi Gras, but this is like how the mighty have fallen for Mel Gibson right here a little bit?
0: Uh, Not really, because to be a Grand Marshal in one of these big parades, the major stars have done it oh okay
1: i am very i'm obviously pretty green to mardi gras i've never been that's okay uh most of the
0: major stars that do it have some connection to mardi gras you get john goodman harry connick jr but and had uh, a lot of musicians for a long time uh let's see like kiss was one of theirs kelly clarkson carrie underwood flo rida rod stewart uh, so those have all been passed in Demian grand marshals. Uh, I'm trying to, I, I wasn't there last year, but it was a news, a Fox news person who was born and raised in new Orleans. Um, the parade, the crew I'm in, we had the, uh, well, we had the new Orleans mayor, uh, the last year that, that we, uh, rode, which was 2020. And, um, so yeah, the, the bigger crews have big stars. Plus, they also have this giant. Like they announced, they announced Mel Gibson being the co-grand marshal. The other grand marshal is Tulane's uh, f- head football coach Willie Fritz, who just they just won the the Cotton Bowl. Yeah, that was they a had big one upset. of the big, greatest turnarounds in college football history. So he was already he had been announced co uh, grand marshal a while ago just after the regular season, because they were so excited. They are like, okay, we're going to make this guy Grand Marshal. Well, long story short, if that's possible with me, Mel Gibson gets announced as the co-Grand Marshal on Saturday. Sunday morning, the crew wakes up to unbelievable backlash, even from within the crew, because I don't know who, uh, who didn't really think of this, on the selection committee, but there were a number of Jewish members of the crew. So people were asking for their dues back. They were irate. This is all according to a crew insider. And after a while, they decided, you know what, this is really bad. And just just to give you, in case you're like, well, what could he have said? Mel Gibson, that was so bad. Uh, one of the anti Semitic comments he made is, uh, quote, the Jews are responsible for all the wars in the world. That he said, end quote, that he said to a policeman during a confrontation. Um, so obviously there was a lot of backlash. And people were like, one, he has no connection to New Orleans. Two, he's an anti Semite. Three, we have a, what does that say about us as a social organization? And these crews, they fundraise, they do all kinds of things what does that say about us as an organization and level heads prevailed and now and they rescinded the invitation to mel gibson now as you can imagine reaction on social media was uh, split more a lot of people supporting that a lot of people very angry about that you know uh, saying it was woke and Mardi Gras being ruined because of woke culture now let me ask you this because that that quote I gave I I just attributed to Mel Gibson was from 2006. Are there things that a person can live down? And after a number of years you can kind of forget it. Now, I'm not talking about watching somebody's old films if you've, you know, because when we watched those movies we didn't know what kind of person this was. And I tried to separate the art from the artist in a lot of ways, but I agreed with this decision to pull him off and not make him the Grand Marshal because of all the things that I stated and all the objections that were raised. You know, no connection. The, the main thing being the anti-Semitism, the uh, violent speech and racist speech toward his ex-wife, but there was a lot of people who didn't agree with that and said we should move on. So what's the statute of limitations on really horrible behavior? Like not, if we send someone to prison, we have to, it's incumbent upon us, we don't have to, but I think it's, it's our responsibility if they serve their time to go, okay, this person has paid their debt. Now, do I want to hang out with them? Maybe not. You know, do I want them, depending on the crime that they serve their time for, do I want them living next door? Depends. I don't know. Would I care if an embezzler's living next door to me? Probably not. You know, somebody else? That'd change my mind. But this is just, this got me wondering how long a penance does he have to pay? He's getting, he's starting to get hired again for some movies. You know, for a long time Hollywood didn't want anything to do with him, but they if if you have been bankable, Hollywood is willing to forgive a lot more than the rest of us are. So where do you think the statute of limitation falls on behavior like Mel Gibson's? And while we're not part of Mardi Gras here in Wisconsin, we can look at that and say, "Okay, was this the right decision?" I say yes. And maybe you've maybe you've said something horrible in the past and you want people to forget it. But can they ever forget it? Have they forgotten it? And when can we get to if not forgiveness, then just a begrudging acceptance of that's who this person is, or that's who this person was, and, you know, we shun them or we don't. 855-616-1620, that's the WTMJ Talk and Text Line. We'll talk more fun Mardi Gras stuff, but I also want to get your opinion on this Mel Gibson deal. It's WTMJ Nights. cake
1: munching on cheesecake munching on, the cheesecake, munching on the cheesecake. Cheesecake Cheesecake
0: munching on the cheesecake, munching on the cheesecake. Yeah, Tommy, bringing a little uh, Nolan's flavor double, double, to the bump music. Double, double, so cheesecake. that's uh, there was the big uh, kerfuffle. Mel Gibson out amid a lot of different uh, controvers a lot of controversy when they asked him to be the co-grand marshal for the crew of Endymion Parade. Uh, so Tommy, you you said you were green about uh, Mardi Gras. Have you have
1: you ever been to New Orleans? You ever been to Mardi Gras? Any desire? Uh, I have not been. I could see myself going once in my life, though. Oh,
0: that's what you say. You, you're going to say you're going to go once. Then you'll be there every year.
1: I, uh, because I, I've been th- known to go to a fun party now and then, and I know it's just one big party. Well, here's the thing, though. I bet, I bet
0: you have the same misconception I did before I went for the first time, that Mardi Gras is Bourbon Street and that it's, all uh, you know, women pulling their shirts up and guys throwing beads at them, and uh, a drunken baccalaureate just uh, just uh, bacchanal rather. J- it's craziness. Is that what? Is that
1: how you envision? Yeah, the- that's what Mardi I thought Mardi Gras was. I didn't even know there was any other meaning to it. Well, there is there is that element. I am not going to lie. There is that element.
0: However, uh, and I didn't learn this till the first time I went, and that was when our daughter was a freshman. Uh, Down at Tulane, we went down for Mardi Gras because she was in marching band and we were going to escort the band in one of the big parades. And when you're along the parade routes, which can't even go in the quarter because the streets are too small in the French Quarter. So the parades take place in the city, but outside on the big main streets. It is the most unbelievable thing you have ever seen. Multi-generational groups getting together early, setting up their chairs. Some people have full, like, crab boils, and people have grills and tents. And it's like the biggest tailgate party you've ever seen with people in wild, purple, green, and gold ensembles. The kids all sit on these chairs that are built on top of ladders. So... The the street is lined with, like, camp chairs and people. Then behind them are all these ladders that little kids sit in with nets so that they can catch things as they're thrown from the floats. And it's just my favorite spot in the world is sitting in a chair on St. Charles Avenue, watching the parades, smoking a cigar and drinking a couple beers, and just watching between the parades all the people walking by and there so and it like every once in a while last time we were there we did on saturday we had stayed in the quarter we went we went to bourbon street and we were on a balcony and we were throwing beads and did some people get more beads than others based on their performance probably but the rest of it is to say it's family oriented sounds weird But it really is. You'll see grandparents with, you know, their grandchildren and maybe great grandchildren sitting around. It's just, it's a ball. It is a
1: ball. No, I've never been, I've never really been even to that part of the country in general. So I would totally be down to go. Oh, you get the food is great. The culture
0: is great. They may or may not have some alcohol down there. I don't know. Uh, I've heard that they might. The music is terrific. And, uh, you know, you see you see it once, and you're just like, this is insane. And it's it takes over the entire region down there. Um, I follow a bunch of th- things on Instagram and different accounts. And the other day was the first day that you could traditionally buy king cakes, which are the – they're almost like a Kringle, a little bit thicker, uh, and they've got a plastic baby hidden inside them. And people were lined up around the blocks at places getting king cakes because you only eat king cakes during Mardi Gras season. It's a, it's a whole crazy thing. But that is that. got to find out about your car. We haven't talked since uh, the last time some lunatic slammed into your car, oh, yeah. so I want an update on your auto. We'll do that after this, WTMJ Nights. You're listening to WTMJ Nights. I'm- So sad, so sad. Before we get to Tommy's auto update, we got a text from Glenn in Burlington. We saw a Halloween parade in New Orleans, and we're surprised that when the parade started, everyone rushed to the very edge of the floats to get treats. They would drop prizes straight down from the float where people were waiting. Uh, scary. Saw so about 20 Elvises in the parade. Yeah, that's the thing about Mardi Gras parades, too, uh, Glenn. All the parades, they there's no real barriers. The only barriers are when you get Uh, Right outside the French Quarter on Canal Street, they have barriers. But coming down through the neighborhoods, there isn't. So unfortunately, in 2020, uh, and it doesn't happen very, somebody got crushed under one of the floats. But people run right up. Uh, You can hand the people on the float something. I ride on the second story of our float, so I'm just... Either dropping stuff straight down or from the top, I like to lob it way out to the people in the back who don't think they're going to get anything. So we're throwing all kinds of goodies. All right. Last time we spoke, Tommy, some lunatic had driven down your street, which is not a crowded street. It's a nice, uh, nice wide suburban street. Nobody else was on it. And they slammed into your car right after you got home from graduating from college, uh, causing orange coat hangers to be strewn
1: about. All over. Uh, what's Any update? Uh, yeah, it's all done. Claim is all finished. And I got more money in the end than I think I thought I was going to. So I was pretty happy with how it all panned out. <laughs> it worked out great. Yeah.
0: Thankfully you weren't hurt and the person who hit you wasn't hurt. No. But, yeah. Uh, yeah. So now you had, you had thrown in your odd flex that you had, you already had another car. Are you going to keep that one or are you going to take the insurance and get yourself a a a new new vehicle
1: no i'm gonna keep the car i'm gonna keep the money and i'm gonna move on my happy way just like that there you
0: go i like that very carefree very uh zippity doodah yeah it
1: was it was a pain trying to get it all filed they the insurance company must have called me 10 times trying to figure this whole thing out they wanted it to be a double claim but i wasn't even driving the car and I just wanted it to go yeah. through her insurance, so it was like a whole big thing and it it was there was a couple of poor customer service interactions, I will say, but all in all for the price that I got it, the guy I mainly worked with, David, shout out to him. He was great. David, props.
0: How could they make it a dual claim?
1: You weren't even, I, I in don't the know. Car. Yeah. You, you were watching the car from your living room, right? Exactly. I don't know what it happened. They had to cancel the first claim and then redo the next one. So, yeah, it worked out eventually. Hmm. Well, that's I'm glad it worked out. I'm
0: glad, uh, I'm glad <laughs> glad you were able. I that's why I love insurance, I have insurance, but uh, every once in a while, these insurance people will say something. You're like, Are you out of your mind? I w- no. I'm not doing a dual claim. This is obviously someone's fault, and listen, no malice, but it is someone's fault. There, there are responsible parties, so we have to, uh, we have to do that. On the other side of the news, an NBA veteran had a very, very fun day. We'll talk about uh, that and how it might relate to you. We're going to uh, talk about a tacky couple, and after 7.30, we are going to talk about the big doings at the Consumer Electronics Show. All that after the news, which comes your way next on WTMJ. Seven. The day is over, but the night has just begun. This is WTMJ Nights, live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios at the Avenue. Here's your host, Brian Noonan. Always good to be sharing the night with you here on WTMJ. The talk and text line eight five five six one six one six twenty. Jump in, say hi to Tommy. He'll put you through to me, or, or just text if you're afraid of talking. I understand. We try to mix up the, try to mix up the heavy with the fun. Uh, sometimes we look at athletes and we see the multi million dollar contracts and uh, you know the Lambos and the the way they're uh, the Lamborghinis, not the Lambo field, but we do look at Lambo field and the guys out there, um, and we think. There's, they're nothing like us at all well you are incorrect my friends because some athletes have the same desires we do whether it's to eat junk food or maybe even get on the prices right. Have you ever tried to get on a game show Tommy ever desired to be on a game show don't
1: you know what my other job is Noonan you you host you uh, you hosted an escape room right no it's it's a game show place. Oh, it's a game show place. It is,
0: yeah. I thought it was an escape. Why did no, I think it was an escape room place? I
1: always explain it as escape rooms without the escape rooms. That's what I always say. So
0: That's why I'm that's confused, because yeah. I only listen to the first two words of anybody's sentences. <laughs> fair enough,
1: fair enough. No, I mean, I love game shows. <laughs> oh, he shows. works at
0: an escape room. That's cool. So you run game shows. Have you ever been a contestant on said game shows? I
1: have never been a contestant legitimately on a game show, like a couple of school game shows that they run or something, but... As far as the big ones, no, never.
0: Have, has there is there one that you see and you go, I could probably win on this game show?
1: Ooh, um, I always think I would do really well on Survivor. I, I really do, honestly. I don't know if that Ooh. counts as a game show or if that's more reality show, but I think I could totally just get people to believe me and then backstab them in the end. I, I think I'd be great at it. Wow. All
0: right, see, you took it to a different level. I
1: hadn't... Now, Survivor is a
0: game show. It's also a reality show. But I was thinking more like the you know a quiz
1: show kind of thing. Yeah, but I, I like would be terrible you, at all of those. I'm not smart enough. I for like the Jeopardy way you twisted it or though. anything like that. And, no,
0: and the fact that you outed yourself as being very duplicitous. I I like that. So it's gonna you know now everybody's like, oh, we thought Tommy was so sweet and innocent. No, he'll stab you in the back if you get a chance for the million. I the would. The reason I brought this up is because there was a story today, and a, v- a very joyous video, uh, ex-Indiana star NBA veteran Jared Jeffries was on The Price is Right. Now, I w- I'll i be honest, I was never a big Price is Right fan. I mean, I watched it. It was, well, one, because it was on while we were at school. So the only time you'd see The Price is Right, and I'm, I go back to Bob Barker days, was when you were home sick. And then you don't really, you know, you don't really enjoy it too much. But uh, they, Bob Barker, uh, have your pets spayed and neutered. He always had uh, lovely, glamorous models who would wave their hand in front of a washer and dryer. The Showcase Showdown. Uh, now it's hosted by Drew Carey. Well, Jared Jeffries didn't win the Showcase, but he did walk off stage with a huge winner. He actually, this is a guy who this is a guy who played in the NBA for eleven years. So you'd think, why would this guy need to go on a game show? Why wouldn't this guy go on a game show? He won a brand new car in the latest episode of The Price Is Right. It just it just aired. He uh, played the game one one away, which I had never done. But it sounded a little something like this: "This is a red seven coming up. You won. Oh man! Because you changed the very last number. Oh, Let's see a red seven, please.
1: Yes." What a good win. What a good win to start the show. Way to go.
0: Let's get another contestant down here, George. (laughs) Yes! This guy won a Toyota, and he looked... Now, again, I don't know how well he did with his money, but you got to figure a guy who played the NBA for 11 seasons, he's doing okay for himself. He got so excited, just like anybody, any of the rest of us, I know if I had won a red Toyota, I would have lost my mind. So, it was it was fun to see because sometimes we think athletes are so jaded that they don't care about the same kind of things we do. I would have I would have had the same reaction. He, he did very well. So congratulations, Jared Jeffries, on uh, winning his new car. It's, uh, it's not real big. He's 6'11", so he might have a little trouble uh, getting into it. He was drafted by the Wizards uh, 11th in 2002, played four seasons with them, played with the Knicks, the Rockets, the Trailblazers.
1: Uh, yeah, he's former now, Big Ten Player of the Year as well. At Indiana. Yeah, he, he played for Indiana, played for the Hoosiers. Yeah, so that's pretty exciting. It was nice to see him get that jazzed up. Oh, okay. I see what you did there. It was a nice basketball pun. Oh, yeah.
0: Well, I didn't even think of it. Pun not intended.
1: Yeah, I had a couple other tidbits on him. Four point eight points yes. per game. Not really too. Um, he wasn't. He wasn't necessarily the scorer on his team. Did play with Michael Jordan right. though on the Wizards at the back end of his career. If you didn't know did that, he? also even hooked up with Damian Lillard. For the Portland Trailblazers. So, well, there's the range on the gap that he did all the way throughout his career for his 11 years. Wow. And the career earnings total for you, Brian, over $40.2 million for Jared Jeffries is what I got from Spot Track, which is the website that keeps track of all the professional athlete salaries. That's a pretty good chunk of change. And you got to figure.
0: Well, I shouldn't say this. You would hope that he invested it wisely. That's a you know a long career, a good good chunk of money. But hey, it's nice to see him still get excited about a free car. Hey, he still he had
1: to win the game too. I mean, kudos to him. He did have to win the game,
0: and didn't he? He sounded so concerned because he had changed that last number, and it was like, oh, he was doubting himself, and suddenly drew, you know, flips over the number, and there he goes. He yep, wins it all. That's the
1: that's the competitor in him, I think.
0: I'll tell you, I I don't know if you know this about me, Tommy. I have won on three televised game shows. Really? Been a big winner. Yes. Um, but I wanted to add, but the reason we brought this up is I was, I was so excited about his reaction and his big win that I wondered what has been your biggest win, whether it was in a game. Maybe you won, maybe you won the lottery. We were talking about that earlier. Maybe you won on some, maybe you won a raffle at church. You know, you got the big Easter basket that's raffled off every year. Maybe you want a ham somewhere. Um, but it's nice to talk about wins because we always tend to talk about, you know, we cover a lot of things that are not always the cheeriest. So this brought a smile to my face seeing this guy who really, you know, he could probably could probably buy a handful of Toyotas. But he wanted to win it, and he won the game. Because as you said, Tommy, it's his competitive nature. But your biggest win, 855-616-1620. It's the WTMJ Talk and Tax Line. This is WTMJ Knights. You're listening to WTMJ Knights. We're talking about you being a big winner. Jerry Jeffries, who played in the NBA for 11 years, was just on The Price is Right. Won a Toyota, and you would have thought he had won a million dollars the way he reacted. He was so, so happy winning that game. So I wanted to know your biggest wins at 855-616-1620. Doug texts in, says, I won a football bet of $5,000 way back in 93. $5,000 Five thousand is a lot of money now in 93 it was a real, a whole lot of money. Dallas won Super Bowl 52 to 17 was in Las Vegas. I had fun that night. Oh, I can imagine. I wonder how much uh, Doug, I wonder how much of that five grand made it on the plane to come home if any. What would you guess, Tommy?
1: Uh, Doug I'm seems like none. a like a party guy. yeah I, I would I would assume yeah. none of it. And you know what? good for good for Doug if he blew it all. Yeah, good it's night. money won.
0: Yeah. Is uh in the in the color of money.
1: Money won twice as sweet as money earned. I, I could not I could not bet on Dallas though. That I couldn't get myself to do it. <laughs> Just uh out of an ethical standpoint. Right. I is, there's low and then there's the lowest of the low and that's betting on the Cowboys for anything. Well, listen, I hear uh I hear they're God's team. That's we
0: were down there we were down there Jer- last Jones week. Jerry Jones thinks so, yeah. Jerry Jones does think so and he built a monument to himself that is unbelievable. Had the chance to go in the uh, Cowboys Stadium last week for the Cotton Bowl, and
1: that place is enormous. It is. Isn't it weird how it's kind of in the middle of nowhere in Texas? Yeah, but not
0: anymore, because now... They built the the baseball stadium is right basically yeah, right across one. the street. Mm-hmm. They've got a, they built a whole big entertainment district, Texas Live, yeah, right there. So you can walk between the baseball stadium, the football stadium, to this big bar and restaurant area. Um, but yeah, you can kind of see how when it was when it was first built, it would have been kind of out there in the middle of nowhere. Now they've built every that whole that whole area. The interstates are under construction and. Uh, but yeah, it was it, it was ridiculous because you can see it for miles, miles as you're driving. Yeah. Up. I've been there. I was like, there in
1: 2019. I went to a baseball game at uh, Old Texas because I wanted okay. to see that stadium before they were going to tear it down. And they, I when I went there, there was that little district, and they were just still reconstructing the new stadium. So okay. one side of it looked very renovated, but if you looked at it from another angle, it was like Tumbleweed, Texas, I swear. <laughs> yeah, it's,
0: it was, it's insane. Well, once you get out of the city, most of Texas is Tumbleweed, Texas.
1: Yeah, that's true.
0: You know, there's a lot. As we were leaving, you know, the, the suburbs north of Dallas— are really, and there's, there's a huge amount of construction going going on, but you know, I don't know if you want to live out in the middle of nowhere, Texas. Uh, you're right, blew half of it. Oh, Doug says we're right. It didn't come home. He blew half of it on college basketball. There you go, there Doug. There it is, Doug. That's the, way, that's the way to deal with it. Good for you, Doug. We're, we're proud of you. We're proud of you and your, uh, your habits, your bad habits. So, Everyone's yeah, got I, vices. We all we talked about that earlier. We all got the devices. Full circle. We all do. I uh, it does come uh, does come around. Uh, so yeah, I I this is why I know I'll never win the lottery because I won those three game shows. I won on Greed, which used to be on Fox, and then Russian Roulette, which was on the Game Show Network, and won a tiny one called On the Cover, that was on the Pax
1: Network. So was Roulette the I one where I've... they dropped the contestants? Through the floor. Yep. Yeah. Stand I've seen that on, one. Okay. Yeah. It
0: was, it looks like, looks like uh, the chamber of a revolver.
1: Yes. Yes. And
0: everybody stands over, stands over a trap door and this is all legit underneath is a, it was probably a four foot cushion and two giant teamsters. And so, so once you get, once you get, to be on the game, they run through all this before you start taping because the two teamsters are there because if you fall through the floor, they quickly grab you by the shoulder and the leg and whisk your legs out to flatten you so that you don't get decapitated when the doors shut back. Jeez. Yeah, it was crazy. Uh, thankfully I did not fall through the floor. Yeah. You won, it but, sounds uh, like. I, I did win, I won some cash and uh that was nice so and it was it was one of those things where because i had done stand-up so long i knew how to work a crowd and this one guy when it came down to just the two of us this one guy was kind of being a jerk to me on the air and the i was getting the crowd and the crowd was booing him and so when he went through the floor they went crazy oh like, don't come in, don't so come can the King unless you're Um. Somebody did. Yes, I think you can find it. I was. uh, I was much much bigger than I am now, not celebrity wise, size wise. I don't. I don't. Yeah. I think if you. I think if you Google, uh, if you Google my name in Russian Roulette, you might be able to find it. Okay. Sweet. That's what I'm doing for next time. That was a fun one, and the other one was with Chuck Woolery. Greed. So that was got to sit next to Chuck Woolery in his giant Rolex. Yeah. Yeah, he was nice. Oh, uh, here's a guy. Here's a guy who's looking for a little smoochy smooch at home. The 262. My g- biggest win was winning the love of my wife since 1964. Good for you, sir or madam. Good for you! Congratulations. I hope. I wish I had a first name to put with this, so you could play it back for your significant other and tell her, uh, "Listen, honey, I'm telling the world how much I love you, and that you are—you have made me the luckiest man in the world." All right, we can't top—we uh, can't top sincere love, so we'll do this on WTMJ. A lot of people, if they want a bunch of money, would go on vacation. Some people try to go on vacation without having a lot of money and that is unfortunate uh a study has found that families go into debt to finance disney trips which to me seems just dumb and irresponsible but disney if you want to go to disney it costs a fortune there's no two ways about it what when we lived in California, we were fortunate enough to be able to drive to Disneyland as like a day thing when people came to visit because people would come to visit, and that was one of the places they wanted to go to Disneyland. And even back then, and this was twenty years ago, it was almost a hundred bucks to go to Disneyland for the day. I don't, I have no idea what it is now, and I have no idea what Disney World is, but I know people. Are spending tons of money. So according to a new study from Lending Tree, about 18% of families go into debt to finance a trip to Disney World or Disneyland. 80% of those surveyed said they will have their debt paid off in six months or less, which is not bad. And to me that I mean that that's going into debt. But when I when I hear we're going into debt. I think, boy, this is something you're not going to be able to get out of for a while. But that's still a long time to have to pay to go on a vacation. Uh, The trips are definitely costly. 71% of the 1,500 survey participants said they do not regret their visits. Well, who's going to say, you know what, I spent a lot of money to go to Disney World with the kids, and it was miserable. There was, oh, we had a horrible time. The rat came up and then some dog with a hat. It was just, it was not fun. If you, if you don't have fun at Disney, you're probably trying, or you have kids that are too young and just have meltdowns. Because if you go to any amusement park, you're going to see this, whether it's a water park at the Dells, Great America, doesn't matter where you go, Disneyland, Disney World, Six Flags. uh, I just called it Great America. That's how old I am. Uh... You're going to see families where their kids melt down, and that's never a good time. That makes you that makes you rethink all of your vacation plans. Like we I would have never thought to take my daughter to Disney until she was I don't know, like 5, 6 cuz at least then one they can walk on their own, two they can go on some of the rides, three they understand where you are. You know, you take a kid who's too young, he sees Mickey Mouse coming at him, he freaks out. Now he's traumatized for the rest of his life because a giant rat came at him. It's like taking a kid to Chuck E. Cheese. No no way, no thanks. I did. We did take our daughter to uh, Sesame Place in Pennsylvania. We were going out there for my brother and sister-in-law's wedding. And my daughter was, I think she was only, yeah, she just turned one. And Sesame Place is like a little amusement park based on Sesame Street just for, it's geared toward little kids. And she was doing fine till Big Bird came out. And I'm not lying, she saw Big Bird who she'd seen on TV, and man, she lost it. She just lost it. On the other side of the news, we're going to turn our attention to the Consumer Electronics Show that just ended in Las Vegas. My friend and technology guru Cody Goff is going to join us. He was out there moderating some panels. We'll find out everything that happened in Las Vegas. But first, we're gonna find out everything that's happening in Milwaukee and the world. Wyatt Parmore Barmore Pooley is in the WTMJ 24-hour newsroom. Imagine that. Imagine that. Brian Noonan on WTMJ. Technology is taking over. And it takes over Las Vegas every year for the Consumer Electronics Show. Cody Goff is a tech tech journalist and marketing communications consultant. He was in Las Vegas at the Consumer Electronics Show, moderating panels on gaming, the metaverse, artificial intelligence. And he joins us now on WTMJ to tell me what all of those words actually mean. Uh, Cody, thanks for being here. Good to talk to you.
2: Uh, Thank you. They all mean the future. That's what they all mean.
0: I'm afraid that the future means uh, you know that the robots are going to take over. You know,
2: we, i was I was literally moderating a panel about artificial intelligence, and some guy in the audience, we went to questions, and he just hijacked it straight up by basically saying what you just said. We were talking about all these exciting applications for AI. And he just straight up was just like, all right, really, but when are the robots going to take over, and what do we do about it? So uh, you're not the only one. With, you're not the only one with that line of thought. The guy had a big, thick beard and a backpack, and like looked like a hunting vest or something. Uh, I think he was. I think he's ready. I think he's got some ammunition. He's ready for the robots.
0: I don't blame him. It's a, it's a normal fair, okay, let's talk about AI because you were moderating this panel and lately we've seen, we've heard a lot of talk about AI. We've seen these AI uh, pieces of art where if you, you know, give your face to the Chinese, the AI, will paint a picture of you. What, what exactly for people who aren't on the cutting edge of technology, what does AI mean for them and where do you think and where did your panel think that, that it's going?
2: Yeah, so in the simplest terms, really what AI refers to is uh, the, the way that the the architecture goes in a computer chip. there's like the memory that's kind of processing stuff. Uh, well, there's the memory and the processor basically are just really close together. So it's, it's kind of just about consolidating different parts of a computer so they're all happening in the same place at the same time. And uh, the exciting applications about that are, first of all, it can compute a lot faster. Because, right, like if you think about it, instead of two wires connecting two bits, you know, two different parts of a computer uh, and communicating with each other to create you know, to process things. instead, it's just all in one. It's just an all in one unit, and then that, that those connections can happen faster. So this, this kind of like uh, on a basic level, what AI really means. Um, there's lots of different applications, but a really big one and a huge trend at CES this year is is what they call essentially like on uh, like basically localized uh, computing. So for example, uh, if you and I are using our computer and we're connected to the cloud, And maybe there's some server in Google's headquarters that has artificial intelligence running it. Well, that's great, but that still relies on a really fast Internet connection, right? It's the same problem uh, exactly that I just described. You're still communicating data from one place to another. Um, What the big trend is right now is trying to shrink down and advance the technology so that you can put on board AI chips in things like autonomous vehicles, right? Autonomous vehicles don't really have a lot of time to be beaming information back and forth to the cloud to determine whether it's about to hit somebody, right? <laughs> so, like, okay. you need the AI, you need the AI chip on on the actual car. So that's kind of, um, you know. So, so to kind of boil it down, essentially, what I'm just saying is that uh, they're just trying to consolidate the parts of the computer so that uh, things can process faster, and it's it's not like you know, it's not like these things are actually intelligent. They don't really know anything, right? They're not people. They're not androids. Uh, it's. Really I just saw that Skynet
0: became stuff. self-aware.
2: <laughs> they did, they did, uh, but but no, it really is about processing things fast. Uh, and there's been a lot of leaps and bounds, and you, you see AI in every single booth at CES said powered by AI. Every single one. There was a makeup. Uh, there was a makeup company, Cosé. And they have this uh, projector, and it basically projects makeup on your face. So great idea, right? I'm shopping. I'm in the makeup aisle. I've got like 80 different shades of blush, uh, and it just projects it on my face so I know what it looks like. Well, that uses AI. It uses AI facial recognition technology, and it updates the the frame 1,000 times per second, and it follows your face. To basically make sure that it's projecting in the right place, so you know that the blush is on your eyes and not on your nose, and that is yet again AI. Everything's got AI.
0: Okay, and so where when are they? As you're talking to these uh, experts, when are they projecting that more and more will will become part of our everyday life? I know you, you know the the autonomous car. There's not too many of those yet. Uh, I have I've been in Macy's. Nobody's shooting makeup onto my face with the artificial intelligence. Is this something that's five years away, 20 years away? What are they, what are they thinking?
2: Well, that's the thing. It's now is, is technically when it is. Really, uh, it's seeping in everything. You know, you've seen, again, you mentioned chat GPT. That was obviously a, a, you know, a, big, uh, a, a big topic of discussion at CES. Um, that's AI that's happening right now. It really exists. And um, sometimes, you know, there's a little bit more programming and tweaking But there's everything from that to, again, like some machine learning algorithms, uh, you could say are AI, and they're just getting smarter and smarter. uh, And it's about feeding them the right data. Um, So while that's happening, uh, uh, researchers are working on making the hardware better so that the hardware on the actual chip level it's able to be localized and miniaturized, and you can have it in your phone and in other portable devices. So really, that's just the next step. It's just putting it in smaller places so that you can carry it around with you more than have to rely on beaming it into the cloud.
0: Okay. And there were no, uh, no robots like an iRobot that have come to life. Just set my mind at ease, and then we'll move on to something else.
2: No, robots, no, very few robots okay. this year, and the ones that, that right. were there are
0: pretty much vacuum cleaners. So you know, that's I like a nice Roomba. All right, so let's now. You, uh, full disclosure, I've known Cody for a long time. You are a huge gamer, as are millions of other people. One of the one of the panels you moderated was on gaming. I can I can only imagine because gaming seems to be. At the forefront of a lot of technological advances, just from the graphics and everything else. So, what's what's coming up in gaming that got you excited?
2: Super, super exciting, and also on the nose about it driving things. A big driver of AI is actually gaming, believe it or not. But I okay. was more excited about neurotechnology. There is a company called Neural that is actually creating headphones that should be on the market this year the headphones, just like regular music headphones you listen to, but they're fitted with EEG sensors, which can actually basically read your brain. So the application <laughs> for this- That sounds safe. <laughs> <laughs> it. Yep. So first of all, in one of their demos, you are actually able to look at like things flying at you on a screen and basically shoot them like with a gun using your brain, using your, your brain, right? A, it's just using your brain waves. Um, just your—you're not holding
0: any. You're not holding yeah. anything, are you? You don't have controls, or it's just your brain. Just your brain. Wow. Just your brain. It's
2: a lot. That's good for um, smart people. Not good a,
0: news for the dumb.
2: Well, there is, but there's, a, there's another application outside of gaming. Anybody that works. Hello, anyone who's employed. Um, <laughs> anybody that works. The other part of this headphones are that what it can do is it can essentially monitor your brain and it can tell when you're focused and when you're concentrating and when you're in basically deep work. And so what companies can do or what you can do is once these are available, you can get them and you can notice when your brain, your focus, essentially, it just shows it on a bar graph. It just shows it go up and down, just like on an X, Y chart. And uh, you can see when you start losing focus, losing attention, And then you can, you know, know when to get back to work. They showed a demo and they showed that whenever someone gets a Slack message, an instant message, they have a huge drop in their focus. And it takes 15 to 30 seconds for it to even get a little bit back to baseline, which, you know, the companies can use this data to understand, like, maybe I shouldn't bombard my remote workers with messages all day or be checking my email and things like that
0: wow all right cody goff is my guest he is a tech journalist and marketing communication consultant he was moderating a bunch of panels at consumer electronics show in las vegas we're going to talk about the metaverse which is kind of crazy and then i want to hear some of the unusual things that you saw we'll talk more with cody goff after this wtmj nights are talking technology with my good friend, Cody Goff. He is a tech journalist and a marketing consultant. He is a, a marketing communication consultant, I should say. He was at the Consumer Electronics Show. He was moderating a lot of panels. We've talked about gaming, we've talked about AI, and I want to ask you about the metaverse because all joking aside, I have absolutely no idea what the, what this means. I watched uh, the Spider-Man movie and I was very confused. I really, as much as I try, I don't get the metaverse. You've known me a long time. You know I hate time travel. This all kind of seems like the same thing.
2: Okay, so quick clarification. The Spider-Man was in the multiverse, uh, so. Oh, slight, slight <laughs> maybe that's why I don't get it. Slight... <laughs> <laughs> a slight difference there. Look, metaverse is is just jargon. It's just VR. It's virtual reality. That's it. VR has been around for how you know oh, yeah. how long, like twenty, thirty years, right? So, so just you know, forget the metaverse lingo. It's just VR. That's what it is. Um, the the in, The intent of the metaverse is for a more broadly ap- applicable VR. So, right now, you think VR is video games. The metaverse would be other applications like social events, for example, or work. So the argument for the metaverse is this, and it's pretty simple and it's pretty compelling. Right? A lot of people will say, why would I want to sit in a virtual reality headset around a boardroom meeting table with my coworkers when I could just be with them in person? Okay, that's fair. I don't think anyone is arguing that they would do anything other than be in person. We all would prefer to be in person. We get that. Sure. But a lot of people aren't. Tens of millions of Americans are remote. So right now we're already living a lifestyle where you just stare at a screen on Zoom all day. You just see a flat screen with faces. And you know what? You don't have the option to be in the same place as people. So the metaverse is, is a proposed solution for that where they're working on what's called form factor, which essentially means they want to make it smaller. No one wants to wear a bicycle helmet to go into virtual reality, right? Um, All right. Yes. They're working on making them slim and light and sleek, so that you know someday they could be the size of a regular pair of glasses. There are even companies working on contact lenses that could provide some variation of the metaverse, right? Where you kind of look at a table and there's a projection of your coworker there or something, right? So that's what the metaverse is, and and the big challenge is that form factor that I talked about. So there are semiconductor manufacturers. There are liquid crystal displays. There's display manufacturers, um, different optical light places. I mean, we're talking material science. We're talking a lot of different technologies that need to, you know, coalesce and combine to make the metaverse a a, a realistic possibility. But, you know, in five to ten years, the argument for it being applied in situations where people just can't be there in person, uh, are very, very compelling. And, uh, there's, there's a lot of progress being made by a lot of companies on that right now. So it's a pretty big focus of CES.
0: How are the visuals? Because I know we talked about with gaming, how everything is evolved so well when you're, I've never done a virtual reality. we in the big goggles, whatever the, the companies are. Is it, is it clear in there? Does it look like you're in a video game? how how is the experience for somebody who's not you know a tech savvy person? For sure it's definitely it's
2: definitely still virtual uh, avatars right So it's, it's not like okay. you have a 3d projection, a hologram of yourself or anything. Um, but it's not like you're looking at a PlayStation 1 uh, pixels or the size of bumper cars kind of, kind of graphics. Okay. <laughs> or, you know, a person faces, faces eight polygons, and uh, you have to squint real hard to make sure it's not a carrot. Um, this, this is uh, – it, it, they are still virtual, but, um, but, you know, once you're in there, the immersion is uh, – particularly with, like, non-organic objects, there's actually a company that is – implementing metaverse universities where they're actually working with real universities like st ambrose university over in uh davenport iowa uh is a big one and they're setting up uh they'll reconstruct the entire college campus in vr so that students that are remote for any reason can actually jump in the metaverse walk around the campus and attend a classroom and participate in discussions and the the really compelling case for this is Right now, one of these uh, university companies is cu- is actually presenting a cadaver lab for medical students at one of these institutions. And yeah. cadaver labs, it turns out, it turns out that to uh, acquire and store dead bodies is very expensive. Uh, it's not. <laughs> it's not a All low right? cost. Not a low cost thing. But when you And also low tech.
0: Let's be honest.
2: A low tech, very low tech. No, no one lost very that. But jump in the metaverse, you can get a bunch of medical students standing around the table looking at this cadaver. You can have somebody hand a heart to somebody else. If you've got haptic feedback in your gloves or something, you can actually kind of feel what it would, would feel like. And then you can pinch and zoom, and suddenly you're inside the heart looking around at the different arteries Whoa. inside it, right? So it's actually an enhanced, a highly enhanced learning experience that would actually save students and educators tens of thousands if not hundreds of thousands of dollars Um, so some really creative applications and again it's expanding access to where you don't have to physically be somewhere and maybe someday 89 percent of jobs in my industry won't be all in new york city where i would never want to that's amazing
0: amazing uh we only have a minute left but i want to ask you there's been i'm sure you saw wondrous wondrous things was there one thing that you saw and you went this is completely ridiculous, even for somebody who's heavy into tech.
2: Oh, ridiculous! Like in the bad way. Um, oh gosh, I'm, I'm sure there were many ridiculous in the bad way things. There's actually the ridiculous in the best way. I saw was there's a company that has um, that is working on a patch that women can put uh, on their on their bosom after they have breastfed to tell you, and it's like a smart patch that will tell you how much breast milk your baby just drank. And uh, as a okay. father to a newborn, that would be one of the best things ever because, like, my wife will feed our baby, and we're like, how much did she eat? No idea. <laughs> and and we, have a, we have a healthy baby, so, it's a, you know, we, are, we only risk overfeeding her if we just put too much in the bile, right? But there's a lot of other right. babies with, like, lots of different conditions. You know, women have different issues producing breast milk. So um, that was like a, it was like a uh. magic trick. And I'm like, wow, a smart patch it'll help you you know rear your child like pretty good stuff.
0: That's very cool. Well Cody thank you so much for being here. Cody Goff is a tech journalist and he is also a very very uh, well he's I'm going to say it it's not on your official bio award-winning podcaster, marketing communications consultant, co-host of the very funny podcast Realities May Vary and uh, an all-around good guy and new dad so Thank you for taking the time. I appreciate it. Uh, Great things. I'll be honest, I'm still a little afraid of some of this stuff, but uh, you've made it a little more palatable. So thank you very much.
2: Well, thank you for having me. I'm going to go try and get my two-year-old out of the bathtub.
0: Well, good luck. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you might want to go do that. All right, I'll talk to you later. We'll we'll do more after this, WTMJ Nights. You're listening to WTMJ Nights. Thank you for listening and being part of the program. Tommy, thank you as always. I will talk to you again Friday night at 6. After the news, it's Bucks Weekly with Justin Garcia. Have a wonderful night. Talk to you Friday. It's WTMJ.